Hey, good morning, everybody. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. And I want to encourage you to do something. This is a little awkward, maybe different. But um, to do a different position than what you're doing right now as we're going to read this prayer together. So that could be like, stand up, or I'm going to kneel, because he says, for this reason, I kneel. Not everybody can kneel. That's not a blessing to everybody. Like, you know, and then you can't get back up or whatever. But uh, you might stand up, though, or lean forward and really just like really, really press in on this. Okay, so Paul says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen and amen. Back to your seats. Thank you. You know, I started out this uh, last week, a little two-part series on this prayer, and uh, just wanting to expose us in these little, every now and then we have a little gap, week or two, I just, I may pick up some more apostolic prayers, you know, along the way, you know, like, there's so many examples of that in, in, in the New Testament. One would be like Romans 15, 13. You know, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you'll overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when you pray prayers like that, you're not like, uh, you know, like shaky limbs about to break or something. No, these are like solid. You, you're just going for it in the will of God. You want to know something to pray? Pray these prayers. They're great, solid Rock solid prayers. And what I'm going to be emphasizing again today is that we need to wake up. Okay? We need to wake up. And I'm going to just go ahead and say that you guys are some of the most awesome feedback giving, saying preach it. Come on, Jamie. You guys are awesome. You're the best encouragers in the world. I'm so thankful for each of you. I bless you with that. George, George MacDonald, one of my uh, favorites from the past, said in, in, a, in a poem desiring more of God, he said, but we who would be born again indeed must wake our souls unnumbered times throughout the day. Isn't that true? Why is it? It's because, you know, we, we really are uh, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. We are easily distracted people. Tough crowd. That was a joke. <laughs> having fun one of our uh kim and i are doing the training school uh, leading the training school this year christ fellowship discipleship school and and uh, one of our books uh the, one of the focuses is, is is this thing that we're talking about practicing the presence of god and one of those books on god's pre- practicing god's presence starts off with these two sentences it says the surest sign that you're awake is that you're aware of your surroundings 
the surest sign that you're asleep is that you're not. It's profound, isn't it? (laughs) Kind of deep. But the point is, wake up to God's presence. Be conscious that God is with you. Be conscious that you're walking in the presence of God. You know, the, the goal isn't to just kind of do, 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 walk through the day. And I get to about 7 p.m. that night. and I was like, oh, yeah, God. You know, so it's to be alive, to be awake to the presence of God. The point is, for most of us, we, we forget that God's right here, right now, in this present moment. And so because we're constantly having a dialogue about what happened in the past and we're worried about what's going to happen in the future, you know, that happened to me, that happened to me, that might happen to me, that might happen to me, that thing happened back there and I'm not good with it yet, that thing might happen out there and I might not be good with it if it happens out there in the future to me at some point in the future. In the meantime, guess who's not awake to God's presence right now? That's what we're going for. We want to wake up to the presence of God, step into that zone. I like that phrase too. Physically, you might even try the, you might make you smile, but put your hand up and say no. I mean, Yancey's word this morning and the communion thing was like, in first service, I was like, home run from here on, man. I got that. That word right there is my anxious thoughts aren't God's anxious thoughts. Somebody need to hear that. That's the kind of stuff you get here. This is, this is officially the, the zone now. If I step back into it, I, but it, that, that's what you get is in God's presence in the moment. And we say it in so many different ways. But once you step into that place, you can be in a meeting and be experiencing the presence of God. You can be teaching or whatever it is you do and sometimes be so almost overcome with God's presence that you need to like kind of dial it down a little bit. Is this weird? Maybe a little, but this is what God's called us to, to live this way. Uh, David Brainerd, uh, this famous missionary, died at 29 from tuberculosis in Jonathan Edwards' house. But he would, in his diary, he would always say, I had a tender frame before God, and I knew that God was real. First, third, half of that journal, it's kind of heavy, but second half, man, I mean, he like starts figuring this presence of God thing out. It's pretty awesome. How many tasks during the day can we simply do walking in the presence of God? It's a good question. And so last week I, I kind of did this thing. I, I want to I do a little bit of it again. And that is when Paul starts the prayer off, he says, for this reason. And that for this reason is, again, it's everything that's happened in chapters one, two, three, which is the Mount Everest of the New Testament Put the flag up on the hill. Man, that is glorious stuff. I know there's other high places, but I mean, Ephesians 1, 2, 3 is just, it's cosmic, global, grand, intergalactic. It's Jesus Christ high and lift. I'm trying. It's Jesus Christ high and lifted up. He's glorious. And He is being revealed in and through the church to the world. And so this is that, this prayer is like the end of this thing. For this reason, I kneel... And all of these, not all of them, but a big chunk of them are what's, what's called in Greek indicative mood verbs. So they're like, or they're, they're indicative mood. It's, it means it's a statement of fact. This is the way it is. This is the way things really are in Jesus Christ. Now that's chapters 1 to 3. 
And in chapters 4 to 6, it's more of the imperative mood. And that is, okay, now live this way. Because all of this stuff's true, now live a life of love. Do that, right? So I want us to just think, what is it that we need to wake up to? And I mean, if you just meditated on Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, you'd always be finding stuff to wake up to. Do you need to wake up to every spiritual blessing has been given to you in Christ in the heavenly realms? I mean, that'll get me through a few days. How about you guys? I want to wake up to that. I want to wake up to, I've been adopted. We've been adopted into the family of God. And then it was God's plan from before the creation of the world to adopt us as sons and daughters. Lord, wake us up. Wake me up to this. That grace has been lavished on me in Jesus Christ and on us. Redemption and the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ's blood shed on the cross for us. It's good news. Lord, wake us up. That everything's going to be summed up and brought under the headship of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? I mean, so Paul's preaching this, and I mean, it's just, that's one big sentence in in Greek. Just one big sentence in the original, just word after word after word. No commas, no periods, just boom, 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 boom. Wake up, wake up, wake up. That's what's going on. And I just, yesterday I had this thought, I was like, what? What is the question that's being asked where the answer is everything summed up under the headship of Jesus Christ. That's a good. What story are we living a part of where the answer is the kingdom of God is here. Jesus Christ is Lord. See, we don't always tell even our own Christian story like that, but that's the answer. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. That's it. You know, and he's done it all. He's taken us and he's just done it. We need to wake up to this. Wake up that we've been given the promised Holy Spirit as a seal guaranteeing our inheritance until the day of our redemption. You know, we need to wake up to that that this prayer that Paul's, another apostolic prayer in Ephesians 1 is that we'd be given wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so we know him better. We'd wake up to that, the hope, the riches, the power that's ours who are in Christ. Same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And that we wake up and see that we're a part of His body. He's head over all things for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. And we wake up to the fact that we were dead, lost, enemies, but God made us alive in Christ. Isn't that good news? Like, I want to wake up to this. This is the way it really is in Jesus Christ. This is the way things really are. So our life is one big opportunity to wake up to reality. The way things really, really are. One day we're going to see Him face to face. It's going to be awesome and glorious. And right now we're in the process of, Lord, help us. Wake us up. Help us. You know, so just... Waking us up to the fact that we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Wake up to the fact that it's going to take coming ages for Him to fully show us the grace that's been given and His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Coming ages. I wake up to, wow, mind being blown for coming ages. That's pretty crazy, right? Anybody else ever just sit around and ponder this? <laughs> I love this. 
This is awesome. His grace to us in Christ Jesus is awesome. That we've been made to be workmanship in His grace. It's absolutely incredible. Another thing is that we were once far away. We were strangers and aliens to the covenant. But in Jesus Christ, we've been brought near. There's this, this is just the way the world is, but there's enmity between ethnic groups. Have you, can you believe this? There's enmity between ethnic groups, but in Jesus Christ, that dividing wall of hostility is down. And that's the way it really is. That's the way reality is. Now, we've all still got to live into this, but that's the truth as it is in Jesus Christ. You know, we were uh, foreigners and aliens to the covenant, but we've been brought in. We've been included. I mean, isn't that, that's just part of the good news I need to wake up to. Not excluded, included. Not excluded, but included. And made to be a family. Made to be a house in which God lives by His Spirit. And just, I could, I could go on. I need, to, I need to keep moving. But uh, is this making sense? So you want to, you, you go, Lord, wake me up. Wake me up to this. Wake me up to the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's a good thing. Wake me up. Wake me up to the church being the administration of the, this mystery of Christ being poured out to the nations. We're the, we're the, it's flowing through us. It's God's economy. It's God's uh, way of administrating the beauty of Jesus. Right? Okay, so all of that is happening when he says, for this reason. For this reason I kneel. And this is what's going on. When we wake up to the truth, to life as it really is in Jesus, we change our world. Okay, maybe not we change the Turkish government, but we change our world. And it's wherever we have an influence and a say-so. And this was always God's plan for the kingdom, for His reign being expressed on the earth. It's through people, through men and women that say yes to God's will. Yes to God's will. Yes, this is, this is the plan. So in my marriage... I want to be saying yes to God's will. With my children, I want to be saying yes to God's will. It's different now that Emily's married, but I want to be still saying yes. Whatever, where I've got to say so. That's, that is something of Jesus getting poured in, released, that kind of thing. Uh, in my work, in my ministry, in my, you know, whatever the city, in my neighborhood. This is how the kingdom comes. And we may not, you know, it's not affecting you know, some other government, but it does change the part of the world where we live and have influence. I say so, right? Here's, the, here's what I'm just saying in one sentence. You put it in a soundbite, it's this. God wants us to grow up into the fullness of maturity and love in Christ as we walk together in the church. So we're walking into the things the way they really are. And Paul prays this for us out of the glorious riches of the Father that these things would happen. Last week we talked about more of God's power, more of God's love, and this week, more of God's fullness. So there you go, the first point, more of God's fullness, verse 19. I'm going to finish up this prayer. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Okay, so what is happening with us in this process? It's that we are being transformed into the image of Christ. Can we just say that as disciples? We are being transformed into the image of Christ. And let's do that one more time because you guys are learning this. 
We are being transformed into the image of Christ. And you know, the deal, even this, this message, I'm just realizing this message isn't so much that I'm teaching you maybe things that you didn't know, but it's an exhortation. It is an exhortation to live into this, to be awake to what's real. You know, so, so this, this piece here is, is fullness. And Paul's been alluding to this fullness all through the letter in chapter 1, verse 10, that I mentioned earlier that all things are going to be brought under the headship of Jesus. He's had over everything for the church. Ephesians 1.23. Ephesians 3.19, that verse we just read. So you grow up into the fullness of God. Ephesians 4.13. It's, it's another, just that we would be transformed. We would come to the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature into the fullness of Christ. So there, uh, right after that, uh, this prayer here in Ephesians 3, that's when all of the, the other imperative stuff starts. And that's the, the commands. You know, don't be babies. Grow up. Stop being tossed around by everything that comes down the pike. Just grow up. Make it your goal to grow up into Jesus. And part of the reason we struggle with this is we get so obsessed and fixated on heaven and hell in a way that Jesus doesn't. And we miss some of the basic things that He... It's like we're telling a different story and, and trying to give an answer. to. It, so there's a, there's a different story there that Jesus is going, I want you... I've, I, I've blessed you. I've, I've, I've saved you. I've, I've made things right. And now I want you to walk with me. That's why He says, hey, the kingdom's here. Repent. Get your life in line with the reign of God. Come follow me. And so it's not a heavy thing for us to talk about I've been saved. God did that. I'm being saved. I get to participate in this. And I will be saved. He's coming again to make all things right. And even though we live in this in-between time, we are in fact experiencing this salvation, walking this salvation out. Indicative, imperative, looking forward to what's coming. You're like, there's too much English. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> okay, so that's what's going on. So these imperative statements, you know, live as children of light. Live in the dark. Live in the light. Don't do the fruitless deeds of darkness. You know, speak the truth to one another. Put off falsehood. That's all. All that stuff's happening right here. And it's okay for us to say this. It's not being legalistic. You know, in your anger, don't sin. You know, talk nice to each other. You know, get rid of the malice and slander you know unresolved anger get rid of that stuff i remember preaching this years ago and it just hit me like and he says get rid of brawling i can't remember ever really being in a good brawl <laughs> just, i'm gonna keep going um so get rid of brawling these are commands these are things for us to do live a life of love Live a life of love. Put off sexual immorality. Don't have anything to do with that stuff. You know, and, and wake up. Christ will shine. He's saying what, what, what I've been saying. Wake up. I'm saying what he was saying. That's better. <laughs> Check. Um, but I'm just now getting to that part in the letter, and that's why I kind of said that. But, um, you know, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. It's a great one, especially here. A little more difficult over lunch or something, but uh, 
the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to um, But just all this stuff, husbands and wives and parents and children and put on the armor and pray, all those things are imperatives that the Lord's calling us into as we practice his presence, as we're aware that he's done it all and then we get to participate with him. And so he's praying more of God's fullness. And I'll finish with this. More of God's dream. The last part of the verse there. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask. According to his power that's at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. You know, this, uh, he goes on there. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. We're just, we're one of the generations. So Abram gets a promise from God that through him, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And so there's people, 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 and they're being blessed because of God's promise through Abram. Jesus comes, he's in there, he's the fulfillment of that, and then people are still being blessed. People, 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 people. And we're out here way all these years later, and if the Lord tarries, then we're going to keep being a part of that promise of blessing people and blessing the nations, right? So we're a part of God's dream, Jew. Gentile, together, the wall down. Good news, right? A part of God's dream that we're getting to see this stuff happen. The power, the love, the fullness, the dream. And so what God wants us to do, again, you guys, is wake up. Wake up to what He's doing in your life. Wake up to what He's doing at Christ's fellowship. To to wake up, I mean, to me, there was some waking up to see what He was doing in the city this past week and drawing us together you know, waking up to that waking up to what he's doing in our metroplex and in the state of texas and in the nation and in the nations of the earth this dream is is it's so tested when things get hard in our lives that's when it gets that's, that's when it gets difficult finances marriage hard things do i have a purpose in life is there more to this life than what i'm currently experiencing you know and i get bored and God's calling yes practice my presence walk into the fullness of all that I have for you and to wake up to what God is doing in our generation there are times when we get so sensitive to change Um, one of them was uh, you know just a few years ago uh, our kids grew up and left the left the house okay so and people would come to us all the time they're like wow hey uh, you guys going to be okay? You know, is it all, is it all right? We're like, what? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Glory. It's great. <laughs> you know, but that's a time of change. There was, we, we weren't sure. And it's awesome. You know, but other times of change, you know, just these, there's these markers that happen in our lives. Uh, one of mine is just, your, as you get older, this is a newsflash, as you get older, your body starts to change. Just, Things happen and just, it's just, and I'm like, uh, and I, you're going to love me, right? Just keep telling me. Yeah. But, but life happens. Families change. There's dynamics that happen in our lives. Aging, work situations, marriages, church situations, all these different things. And God's dream, this is like a, a vision, it's like a vision of what could be. And when we get rattled, when we go through tough times, God wants us being able to stay and say what is solid in our lives. This stuff, 
it doesn't change. This stuff is rock solid. That we would be seeing ourselves on a trajectory of all things brought together under the headship of Jesus Christ. That we are His people. That we are experiencing more of His fullness as we do this together. That I'm not a lone ranger riding off into the sunset silhouette. You know, it's together. It's always was meant to be together. It's plan A. This is plan A. And there's not a plan B. This is what we're called to. And so it's God's dream for us. And what happens, you know, a lot of times as we walk in God's dream for us, we forget that being transformed into the image of Christ is actually a promise. It's, it's uh, a promise for change. That change is going to happen as a, pro- as a part of growing. You know, living things grow. Growing things change. Changing things challenge us. Challenges force us to trust God more. And trust leads to what? More growth. More life. More growth. You know, part of just even the last month or two, Kim and I have just been coming back to faith and just trusting places we haven't been trusting. Places where we need to believe God more. And so that's it just led to just belief. The idea that the dream is going to happen. And I, I'll tell you, Whatever, how many years it was, you know, going on 24 years ago when we planted the church and then planted other churches and did all that stuff. There's no way I knew in saying, hey, we want to be the church that all of these different things were going to happen. You know, people meeting each other, getting married, having children. It's pretty crazy. People getting saved, you know, but it's God's dream. God's doing something in our midst. And personally, I just want to say, I'm sensing the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing. We're singing those revival songs. It's like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Years ago, I had a, a friend, and uh, we were in this meeting. It was a handful of pastors, and um, he, had, he was pastoring one of the churches that we had planted. And he would, he'd get real excited, and he got real excited this one day, and he said, Jamie, I want to tell you that John 3, 8 is the most important verse in the Bible for a Christian. And I was like, John 3, 8? Uh, okay, um, I know John 3, 16. I've seen the posters and stuff. You know, for God so loved the world. But John 3, 8, what is that? Uh, Nicodemus, something about Nicodemus. Anybody know that one? The most important verse in the Bible. But it did make me look at it. So I quickly flipped over. And this is what it says. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound but cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. In this place of walking with God, we are by the Holy Spirit being moved like a tree in the wind. And this is what living the Christian life really means. My friend was right. I mean, there's other ways and other verses you could go to, but that's the point. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And I only say what I hear the Father saying. This is the way Christianity was intended to be lived out. And He's saying, wake up. Wake up. Be alive in this moment to what I'm saying. So, wrapping this up with these next steps. First of all, wake up to God. Is that the way I said it? Uh, Waking up to God. That's the next step. Waking up to God. So that's uh, just what's it going to look like to bring God into all of the different activities of your life. So it could be, 
having a dinner with your wife or hanging out with your roommates or it could be something, you know, the tasks that are normal tasks at work, at school. You know, just the different, the details of life. Lord, I want to walk through this day with you. One of the things I do is take my phone. I don't have it with me right now, but take my phone and just set appointments, Jesus appointments on the hour. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And so I, I could even be in a meeting with somebody and that thing goes, Zzz. and I just know, I kind of smile. They think it's weird sometimes, but I, and I, and just turn to the Lord. Just Jesus, so thankful that you're here right now. That's practicing the waking up, being aware, and not getting to the end of the day and go, oh yeah, God. But throughout the course of the day, and maybe even play a game where the time that you're aware of God's presence gets smaller and smaller. You know, on the hour, on the 30 minutes, on the 15 minutes, something like that. The second piece there. So waking up to God and walking forward together with other people in the church. It's like we need each other. There's stuff we have to let go of. You know, this is such a laboratory. I don't know if that's the right word. It sounds sterile. But an organic, warm, friendly laboratory. <laughs> and, and for like working out stuff, you know, because everybody's not like me. Everybody's not like you. And so things happen from time to time where we have to forgive someone. There's things to let go of. Unforgiveness. Critical spirit. Sin, even in my own life, or in, that sin towards somebody else. But there's also things to give. Not just give up. I give love. I give encouragement. I give blessing. I give uh, mutual uh, edification where we stir each other up to follow Jesus and to say more we can do this. More we can live this life. More of Him. More of Him. Amen. So, if, uh, if you would stand up. And I've got just, I want us to take a few minutes right here at the end and just end this way. Worship team's coming. Ministry team, come on up as well. If you're visiting with us, we do this at the end of every service. So we just take a minute to respond to God. And this is, to me, the, the prayer here, it's, it's, not, it's not shaky. It's not, uh, that might be for somebody else. It's for everybody here. And we, can we just raise your hand maybe slightly and just go, that's for me. That's for me. And we used to have a worship leader here years ago named Keith. And Keith would say, Jamie, whenever there's an opportunity to respond to a call for more of God, he said, why not just go for it? What's there to lose? There's not really a downside on praying for more of God's presence in our lives, right? And so we're going to just take a few minutes. That's the prayer. More of God's power. More of God's love. More of God's fullness. Growing up. More of God's dream for us, for you, for marriages. Let's just take a minute here and let's press into God. If the front fills up, man, ask somebody that you came with or somebody close by, hey, pray for me that I'd have more of God's will, purpose, passion in my life. Father, we love you. Meet us here in this time of need. Whatever's going on in different people's lives, Right now we're saying, Lord Jesus, we want more of you. We're hungry. Father, for your love. Holy Spirit, for your fullness. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, whatever your need is, take a little time. Pray. Press into God. Go for it.